Hello everyone, I'm Tim Birkbeck and welcome back to the Already Heard podcast. Uh, on this episode you'll hear a chat that I had with uh, power trip vocalist Riley Gale at the Download Festival after the band played the main stage. Um, myself and Riley get into talking about the band's rise uh, from basement venues to obviously playing the main stage of Download. We talk about potential new material on the horizon, uh, we talk about the band's raising up the, the hardcore roots of bands and taking smaller bands out on the road um, and also just what it means for the band to be around in America at the moment with the state of their politics going on. Um, this interview forms a range of interviews that myself and already heard editor Sean Reed did over the download weekend so go check out all of those as well um, but for now enjoy the chat that I have with Riley. No I have a bad back I shouldn't sit for more than like 45 minutes. Oh shit what have you done? I just herniated a disc. It's oh. fine. No big deal. <laughs> just shug it and yeah, it just no big deal. You know, my body could just shut down on me any time, but that's okay. I yeah. love the attitude. Mm. Um, first of all, congratulations on an uh, incredible set today. Thank you. Um, for you guys, obviously, like I've been a fan of you guys for ages, so kind of seeing you come up from the sort of DIY world to now being on the stage like that, how does that feel kind of like being on the inside? I mean, it's it's... It's so far beyond what I ever thought would come true with this band that, um, you know, it makes me just question <laughs> almost how the whole universe operates, yeah. you know, like I, I, I never thought I would be doing something like this. I started this band to hopefully be decent enough to tour Europe and maybe like Australia and Japan once or twice, you know, just like a hardcore band would and then put out a couple records and break up, you yeah. know? Like I had a day job for the first, you know, I never quit my job for 60, or for the six years of the, first six years of the band, maybe longer. And it's just, uh, it's just crazy. Like I, I it feels surreal. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like we earned it because yeah. of so many years of hard work. Um, but yeah, stuff like today just leaves me speechless about what what more we can do. You know, what what how much further we can take this. Yeah. You know, was there like ever a kind of a moment like I guess like from go 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 go. Um, like from the kind of release of like Nightmare Logic to like where we are now was there kind of like a moment that you can kind of remember where things did kind of leap up that next level so to say uh, I mean our big break was definitely like right a little bit before Nightmare Logic came out in 2016 like a year we did we did a, 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 a open, we opened for Death Heaven Anthrax and Lamb of God in the States right. and that was a real big eye opener to just how broad of a fan base that we could reach out to, you know, like there was clearly an audience that was there for Lamb of God who liked walking away, well, walking away being big fans of our band, yeah. and that really started kicking it off, and I think you know, bands started to hear about it so, you know, we put out the album, and it got a lot of great press and stuff, we went out and did a really successful headliner tour, and then we had bands like Cannibal Corpse and and then like Exodus and Obituary take us out and Trivium taking us out and it's just, you know, been like a snowball effect of just us working hard and I can't say there's like a pivotal moment really. Yeah. Uh, I think something that 
uh, really stu- stuck out as we won this thing called the Loudwire Awards. Okay. And it, it really wasn't a big deal. It was a, a lawn online publication through an award show, and they had some money behind it. Chris Jericho, the wrestler, nice. hosted it. We performed Executioner's Tax on it, and then we did We Are the Road Crew by Motorhead with uh, Jamie Josta from Hatebreed helping yeah. out on vocals. But it was we won the award for Song of the Year, and we were for Executioner's Tax, and we were up against I think like Municipal Waste, High on Fire, uh, I think Bear Tooth, like some other names uh, and pretty much everyone was bigger than us and, and the coolest part was is it wasn't based on uh, votes it was based on streams so okay. when they open when they opened the poll it was whoever just listened to the nominated song yeah. the most until they closed the polls across you know Spotify yeah, yeah, yeah. and Apple so we won it based on voter you know we earned it yeah, based yeah, on yeah, yeah. not voters but listeners and then you know it, it the award itself doesn't really carry much weight to me, but it, I, you know, my parents were there. They were so proud, and it just makes me realize that I, I chose the right path in, in taking a risk with this band. Yeah. And and you know, if we failed tomorrow and whatever, you know, we're not going anywhere. But you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's chaos happens and things suddenly change tomorrow. We would, I would be happy with everything we accomplished yeah. you know we if, if we had planned this out as like uh, you know I just I, I just mean that, that that no matter what happens from here to us is basically icing on an already really yeah. fucking great <laughs> wedding cake or yeah. something and in terms of kind of like as I said I remember like seeing you guys like back like way back when sort of um Venue was now. Where? Where was it? I want to say Basingstoke. Oh, oh, Basingstoke's that really small town, right? And we yeah. played on a floor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but that that sanctuary. Town, sanctuary. Yeah. yeah. That was a cool show. So. Uh, that was cool that you were at that. I I remember we thought that show looked like it was like out of like. Uh, Potter World or something like that. That town <laughs> yeah. is very picturesque and yeah, very yeah, yeah. clean. And, but it was shocking that we played that venue and it was cool. Anyway. But, because obviously, like, you come from DIY rooms and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Big difference from today yeah, versus but, then. But do you feel like, because you've had that kind of bedding, that you can use a platform like today to kind of get that message across? Because like, I think if you've got bands like... Uh, I don't know if it takes skin red for example uh, they maybe not necessarily have like as a direct message as you guys have well you know our, our messages are pretty simple to, to swallow and when we play shows I don't want to get up there and preach because I think uh, you know that time is the time to forget about all the problems that you have the things that are what's wrong with the world and just come together doesn't matter what walk of life you're from if you're male or female or non-binary you know whatever you consider yourself I, I I I think that you know the set is just the time to forget that and to let loose yeah. and have fun and then later you know right now is where we discuss the more important things and 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 you know use social media to maybe try and get some messages across and yeah it's it's diff- it's it's interesting the bigger we get I weigh the responsibility I have on the things I do and say and you know, I have kids coming up to me and small kids saying that I, I they look up to me and I want to just shake them and 
say, I'm not a role model, don't look up to me, it's a terrible idea, you know, stuff like that. So I, 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 it's something that I'm processing right now. Yeah. I'm taking a long time to process it and, and, and what, I should, what I should do. And, you know, like, do a, should I say more on stage? Should I just shut up and just try and be the best person that I can, which is what I typically do? But, I mean, yeah, there is straightforward messages in there. I just feel like they're things that should have been accepted so long ago. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I feel like it's just the most tired subjects of, you know, it's not okay to be addicted to money and power, and it's not okay to be intolerant of your fellow man if they're not treading on your rights as a human being you know it's pretty simple in terms of that like as you say you're still sort of processing things at the moment like how would you say that you've personally grown like going back to those days in in sort of playing smaller venues to to now how have you seen that your progression as not just as a as a vocalist but as a person uh i've just really kind of seen you know the inner strength that i've had uh being tired and still giving giving people everything that we've got when we play, you know, days of not sleeping, you know, putting my mental health and my body on the line to entertain people, and and I love it. And I, it's just, I just, you know, getting here was was hell. We spent you know ten hours in, in a mechanic station trying to get the bus fixed. It took us forever to get here. We thought we were genuinely worried we might miss the show. Yeah, it was really, it's really hectic. Uh, you know, our tour manager said it was the most stressful day of his life, and 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 we got here and it was amazing, you know. And uh, but uh, you realize how, what what kind of shit you can put up with, what kind of adversity you can face out here, and and that you know if you do work hard enough and you, I I, I don't know, like I, I I'm confident in my band's songwriting abilities. I. I believe in bands that grind and don't use their connections and earn what they they you know earn their place. We we worked our asses off for 11 years to get here. Yeah. You know, some bands started last year to play the main stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, tell me how that's fair. <laughs> and we're a good fucking band. I'm not gonna fucking you know say we're the best band. I think you know we're a good band. And and I think we. We earned this today, yeah, yeah. and I could tell. But, but you know, yeah, you learn about a lot of, you know, you learn about you learn about family, man, because after a while when you've been loyal to all these people, you just, you can't look at them as a friend or an enemy or someone you get mad at or get along with. It's like, these are my brothers now, you know? Like, this is our team, and we got to stick together and, and, you know make sure that we get through this and and be as successful as we can and put on the best shows that we can and we do it time and time again we impress ourselves you know and tell ourselves not to quit and play through injuries and find you know people to fill in last minute uh, guy, guys like Carlos having these like this network of friends because we've treated people the right way over yeah. the years you know people willing to step up for us and help us out and you know, it, it's 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 it teach tour can teach you everything that you need to know about life, and it can teach you, you know, how strong you are of a person, you know, or how strong of a person you are. But you know what? It it it's not for everybody. Yeah, it's not. And in terms of kind of like 
sort of network that you say you've kind of built up. Like, obviously, I've noticed over in the states, you, uh, I think you did a couple of headliners back to back, where you kind like, of it was like two legs. Yeah, sure. But like, obviously, you had taken bands out that maybe stereotypically people wouldn't necessarily associate with you, sort of thing. Right. So, so is that something that you kind of feel like? You've kind of earned that position now that you can kind of give like the next run of bands a leg up, sort of thing. Well, sure, yeah, of course. I think we should. All, I think every band should be trying to prop up bands that they believe in. Like, mm. there's enough food at the table for everybody to eat. It's annoying when all the old guys just stick tight and they don't <laughs> want to give us newer bands a chance. And we've had to deal with that a lot. We've had a lot of walls put up against us because. We're not young enough. We didn't earn it. We didn't pay our dues. All yeah, this yeah. stuff, and we just smash all that shit down, and it, it scares and frustrates some of those guys. For us, we embrace it. It's like, you know, if a crossover thrash band came out that was just really fucking good, we would not be scared to take them on tour. We take yeah. Red Death with us everywhere, and and they're one of the best bands in the world. Yeah, uh, I think they're incredible, and you know, like, <sighs> it's. It, I, uh, we also want to tour with bands that we like and sorry we don't want to have like four metal bands playing every yeah, night yeah, yeah. and so we bring things that we think everyone will like Sheer Mag's a great example I don't know if you've listened to them but but you know like they're an amazing band and metalheads like bands that sound like Sheer Mag uh, you know they like classic rock riffs yeah, yeah. And, and good leads and stuff and a great voice they just didn't know it. They just had to have it put in front of <laughs> yeah, them yeah, yeah. and realize it. And and they did great on that tour. They were direct support to us, and it was, it was killer. And yeah, we you know we want to bring our friends. We want to we want to have representation. You know, we want to have, we want to show these, you know, some of these dinosaurs in the industry that like this is a new world that's and the rules are changing and. And the bands need more control and more power, and you know we can all do this ourselves. You know, there's a lot of things that we can accomplish if we're willing to put in the work. That uh, certain aspects of the industry used to be able to kind of control. Yeah, yeah. You know, distribution, putting out records, things like that. We can all, you know, it's much more easier for bands to do it nowadays. And, and you know, a lot of ing bands have a lot of ingenuity around all of this. So, you know, we're—I got away from the original question, but <laughs> it was—it was what connects our connections. Just like giving the sort of like bands a sort of a leg up, sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I, th I think we've had bands that have helped us along the way, and we try and show them love. And and there's bands that have come up alongside us that we believe in them we should help out yeah. too you know and it's 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 about you know loyalty and community and being good to each other not just saying oh be good to me be good yeah, to my yeah. band you know like you're only as good of a friend as much as you support my band yeah. you know like well it goes both ways you know like we get frustrated when we have to play for older guys who seem to just be taking advantage of the fact that we're a hot young band. Yeah, yeah. It happens. And you mentioned quite a bit on stage. Obviously, you're very sort of proud of being from Dallas, Texas, sort of thing. That's something that you kind of wear on your sleeve, sort of thing. Do you feel that, again, where you are now, that you've kind of put Dallas on the map in terms of like? A hardcore hub because I think there's a lot of really good bands coming out of there now, and maybe 
eyes have been drawn to it because of you? I hope so. I mean, we I used to book hardcore shows. I you know I for almost ten years, and yeah, I do take some credit in helping build up that scene. And then now we're sort of the flagship band of heavy metal out of there, and. And so yeah, I want I want people to, to recognize that there are other good bands there too, but I also want people to recognize that we're a band from Texas with 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 something to say and, and you know, we come over to Europe and get a lot of assumptions made about us based on where we're from. I mean uh, Texan stereotypes are hilarious because of <laughs> how you know, they were true at one point, but like Texas is a very, very liberal place yes. that is controlled by conservative politicians who won't leave office, you know? I believe Senates can, senators can have lifetime appointments, right? Basically, you can run for senator forever, right? Yeah, really? Jesus. Yeah. yeah, there's no limit on senators. Uh, governor, too, right? No, governors... It's eight for sure. But, yeah, and... So they're just kind of sitting there... They're just holding a blue. They're just holding a what would a, like they're holding a, a democratic state hostage. Population-wise, yeah. is way different than what's represented. And I don't know if you know what gerrymandering is, but it's no. basically the system. It's a flaw in our in our system where uh, voting districts can be manipulated, right. like down to like the neighborhood. In, if, a, if a political party feels that they're going to lose that voting district. Okay. So they can essentially be like, all right, well, we're going to lose this neighborhood. Or we're gonna, we know these houses are going to vote for us, so we're going to put them into this neighborhood now, and it'll take oh, us shit. over the tipping okay. point. It's pure corruption. But if you, and if you look at our, our voting line maps, it looks like a fucked-up game of Tetris. <laughs> it imagine. does. But, like... You know, so that's what it is. But Austin, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, all the major cities, they're all liberal. Yeah. We'd vote weed in in an instant. We'd all probably want to keep our guns. You know, maybe some tighter but but a lot of plenty of people have like good thoughts on stronger regulations, which I agree with. I don't think people need to have guns taken away. I don't think there certain types of guns need to be on the streets. Yeah. Period. We don't need you know, it's it's ironic to have something called an assault rifle that you can purchase for home defense. Yeah, yeah. It's an oxymoron. <laughs> so, like our tour manager says, all you really need is a pistol and a shotgun. The rest is just kind of fun. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think people get that, that kind of aspect of us wrong. So, you know, I want them to know where we're from and they can maybe, like, learn a thing or two about what we stand yeah. for, you know? And kind of moving forward, as you say, kind of at the moment, you kind of want to obviously see where how far things can push. But in terms of new material, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Is kind of writing process starting for a new record? Is it along the lines? Where whereabouts do we stand with that at the moment? Yeah, um, Blake's got a ro- lot of rough demos. He's been working on. He writes and and track or not tracks, but kind of programs his own drums and tries to build some songs and then. You know, I'll sit and jam them, and uh, I always keep notes with, like, lyrical ideas or one-liners or quotes that I think might inspire me to come up with something, and and uh, so we're in, like, a very, very early process for that, but we would like to be in the studio in the fall. I like it. that's cool. Yeah, we're working on it. We have a single that will be out before the end of the year. 
uh, that song Hornet's Nest that we played oh, earlier nice. today. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and just in, obviously, I know you're doing this run of shows at the moment, but. Is there any plans to come back to do extensive touring around the UK or anything like that? Uh, uh, extensive touring in the UK, probably. I could say there's going to be a tour in April and next year we'll be supporting, but I can't really spill any info. Yeah, that's cool. um, but then uh, 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 late 2020, hopefully when the record is out, um, unless something cool comes along before the end of the year, here, uh, I would love to come back and do another just all UK tour. The yeah. last one was a great 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 success i think almost every show sold out was that the one just us and game yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that uh, was my great first band. time seeing game oh my god oh, oh great band so good fucking incredible shout outs to ola and nikki rat and jonah and, and charlie um uh but uh yeah we'll we'll headliner sometime in 2020 and I can't imagine we play any less than a week in yeah. the UK because we fucking love it here yeah. and yeah yeah so that was our very own Tim Burtbeck speaking to Riley Gale of Power Trip at Downloads Festival 2019 that's the final interview of our mini series of Download Festival interviews. You can go back into our, our archive and listen to interviews with Kane Hill and the Interrupters, and a lot, and along with superstars from WWE, NXT, and NXT UK. Uh, so, if you want to go back and listen to them, you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and on YouTube. And we're going to have some more episodes. Dropping very soon from 2000 Trees Festival. We've got two interviews coming up, and you can so yeah, be, be sure to subscribe um, to to your already heard podcast on whatever you listen to, and you'll get to hear them first. In the meantime, head to alreadyheard.com/shop to pick up an already heard T-shirt or a handy tote bag. I um, personally, I brought one ahead of two thousand trees, and it came out came in very useful. And if you've liked this episode and all our other episodes of the Audio Podcast, be sure to let us know on Twitter at Twitter at Twitter <laughs> on Twitter at Audio UK and on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Audio Heard. <laughs>